say amen. amen. Take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 26. Come back to our messages on Isaac and see if the Lord will help us tonight. He is that surrendered son. He is that blessed son who's in the land. <clears throat> Isaac never seen outside the land. He was born in the land. He was raised in the land. He lived in the land. He died in the land. He never left the land. He's never seen outside the land. Abraham came from afar and Jacob went afar, but Isaac is never seen outside the land. He's that picture of that surrendered son in the promised land. That's where God wants us. That's where God wants us. Father, we love you. Lord God, we thank you for Calvary. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, in these hours that you would strengthen us and stir us and bless us and help us. And we'll love you and thank you for it. Thank you for this blessed assembly. Thank you, Lord God, for the precious anointing of the Holy Spirit of truth that teaches us. We have no need that any man should teach us man's doctrine, but the Holy Ghost and the Holy Scriptures and the local church, the shepherds, I thank you for it. Now, our Lord, I pray you'd bless Brother Lawson in days to come and undergird the man of God and give him that he stands in need of for the hour he faces. And our Lord, that you'd bless this flock and strengthen them. And I love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people said. Amen. Brother Lawson, an old white-haired preacher from Gainesville, Georgia, Edgar Thomas's younger brother, as a matter of fact, made this comment about that oil pouring out of there. I was with him in a camp meeting, and we were walking by there in the lobby and the multi he pointed at the newspaper the big story out he said the rocks are crying out he said the rocks are crying out <laughs> and just kept on a walking left left me to ponder on it he said the rocks are crying out and I believe what the preacher said they're crying out in pain the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together unto now. And then I also believe what that, I believe they're crying out in praise. Amen. That oil's pouring out of the rock. <laughs> if it ain't going to come out of God's people, he said the rocks will cry out. Amen. What about that? Them rocks are gushing out oil. <laughs> I like to get around where it comes out of God's people. I bless his name. I bl the rocks are crying out. We're living in that hour. Living in that hour of the second coming of Christ. I believe that down in my soul. I believe that. Isaac's never seen outside the land. I'm going to show you a little something and then talk to you about something. You, you're used to chewing on meat around here. And I don't get in many places where they even like the text, much less what's in it. So this would be a rare treat to get around people where you ain't got to teach Sunday school every three minutes to explain what the Word of God. 
And uh, but I'm going to talk to you about the seven stages. It's blessed. It's just blessed the pudding out of my soul. And I'm going to talk to you about it and see if we can hit a little honey in the rock as we're walking through it. And it helped me in my Christian journey, and I believe it might help us. I want to show you a nugget, though, that I found <clears throat> while I'm here with you right before we look at these things. Isaac is that surrendered son in the land. And in chapter 26, verse 3, and he said, uh, well, verse 2, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham <laughs> thy father. Woo! i seen that swear business again just now. Had a little happy bubble, wasn't even intending on it. I'm glad we're standing on His promise. This thing's operating under a sworn covenant. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, I'm not a fatalist. I'm much bigger than that. I've, I'm glad we're operating on something mighty big. God has swore some things. Now, here's the nugget, Brother Lawson, that I saw. God promised him in verse 3, <clears throat> I will bless thee. Now, in verse 12, Isaac sowed in that land, received the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Well, he said he's a-going to, and he did. said, I will bless thee, and the Lord blessed him. An old preacher I studied behind pointed this out. Right between verse 3 and verse 12 is the story of Isaac's failure. Same failure his father had. Every time he got in a bad neighborhood, he's scared to get beat up, and he told his wife, Here's the deal, honey. Of course, I'm not quoting now. I'm breaking that down in uh, Tunnel Hillian and Tennessean, Knoxvilleian. Amen. Here's the deal. We get in the bad part of town and the car gets carjacked. You go with the gang and I don't get beat up. <laughs> Boy, howdy. How would you like to be married to the father of faith? <laughs> and the son of the faith. <laughs> Ain't you glad that Bible's honest? Yeah. I'm really glad that Bible is transparent and honest. Or I'll be honest with you, I'd have been so discouraged and gave up along, I wouldn't even tried. I wouldn't even try to go with God if He hadn't told me that everybody tried before was pitiful too. Can I get that honest enough right there? I mean, that's not seminary talk. That's down on the rubber meeting the road talk. I'm so glad that I got to see Adam fall into sin. I'm sorry he did, but I'm glad I saw it. And I'm so glad that he saw, uh, that, I, that he let us know that David... The man after God's own heart wrote the biggest book in the Bible, the song leader of Israel. And we saw him in that awful sin. I'm sorry that he sinned. And, and, and sin brings terrible consequences, but I'm just so glad God let us know that. And I'm glad that I got to see Moses lose his temper. At the end of his ministry as well as the beginning. You know, some of these boys tell you outgrow everything. Well, obviously not. 
Matter of fact, most of the sins of the great men of God were in the latter years of their life. That's a mystery to me, but it's a reality. And uh, Solomon had all that wisdom. That would have that would have discouraged me right out of the ministry, because I don't have any sense. And he had all that wisdom. And Proverbs told his son how to find a woman, how to right. Rightly, find the right woman. And then he went and got 700. <laughs> okay. Plus 300. <laughs> and I'm glad the Lord let me hear Simon Peter curse. And then get full of the Holy Ghost to preach less than two months later. And I hesitate to even say this to little children in here, but... He's cursing and swearing that he didn't, and that he didn't even know Christ. He just didn't hit his thumb with a hammer and say a, a wordy dirt. He cursed that he didn't know Christ. Matter of fact, I kept reading my Bible and only found that God only had <laughs> He only had one good son who never had any sin. And the rest of us got in on mercy. Got in on grace. I bless His name. I just had to show you that while I was launching out of this chapter 26. God said, I will bless thee. And He did bless him. And right between the promising and the fulfillment, Isaac had the same sin, the same failure in his life that his father had. And that was he lied and deceived about his wife because he was afraid that he might get hurt. Had the same weakness his father had in the same area. Well, I need to call recess and get all the sons of Adam that have been born again into sons of God to go ahead and thank God that he's determined to bless us in spite of the fact we as messed up as our fathers and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. In spite of us. Not because of us. Well, hallelujah to God. Amen. There have been two or three times throughout the day we could have just stopped and shouted for a while. I'd like to be here when it does break out. Does it ever break out real good and just take over two or three hours tied away from glory? Well... I'm going to call the pastor and tell him, ask him about the weather more often. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. In Genesis 26, that's Isaac's chapter. As I was studying Isaac, I came upon a truth and wanted to just share that with you tonight. It won't take long. It won't feel like it's a long time to me. <laughs> I'm going to Baskin Robbins when I get done. Sugar-free. They got one thing, sugar-free. Yep. Going to get some. Five scoops. It's sugar-free. <laughs> Amen. Brother Lawson, I found out, studying behind an old preacher who had written a book on Genesis, that, and he pointed out something I thought it was so true, that... The characters in the book of Genesis. And don't you love your Bible? Just lift it up there for a minute. Lift it up there and then kiss it one time. Hold it to your bosom. Praise God. Men bled and died. That you and I. Men gave their life that we could hold this Bible. 
and have the freedom that we have in this hour that we have and hold this book that we have. Honey, He didn't give it to us so we can take and beat each other up over the head with it. Give the book to His bride to get her through the last days. I believe that. These things are written for our admonition. And from Adam to Joseph, laid out the Christian life. I just want to walk through that and see if it'll help you. Adam is that first stage. Adam is the sinner who falls deep into sin and then gets saved. Well, y'all got to do better than this now. Adam is a picture of the sinner. And the, uh, Andrew Jukes, the old preacher I studied behind early, 1900, said this, said, Adam, like every other sinner, so ready to believe the tempter and so ready to disobey God. Is that not in our nature? Y'all might as well say amen. Agree with Satan. We'll agree with Satan in three seconds. Every lie he whispers, that's exactly right. Put our arm around the devil and run around with him all week. So ready to believe hell. And so ready to distrust and disobey God. That's in that old hellish Adamic nature. But I'm so glad that I heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam! <laughs> Adam, where art thou? And I'm so glad he came to me. Woo! I'm so glad he came to me. Johnny Cash over here who sang, The Man in Black. <laughs> All I heard was the last thing cast, and when I got up here, it was solid black. <laughs> Hallelujah. The man in black sang tonight. You sang the first song I ever shouted over. Thirteen-year-old boy filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Woo! I got extra happy bubbles today. I'm sorry. Daddy's a preaching down the foothills of Tennessee, south of Cleveland, Spring Place Highway. Could open our church door and see Crazy Corner with two K's. <laughs> Beer joint, juke joint on the state line, a bunch of old moonshiners. Lived close enough to the line where they could hop back and forth and get away from the revenueers. <laughs> Everybody under age 40 has no idea what a revenueer is. <laughs> They may not know what a moonshiner is, but y'all are kin to a bunch of moons. Yeah, if you go back about two generations, I can tell by looking at you. <laughs> Mom and I got saved and regenerated and filled with the Holy Ghost. And 13-year-old boy and got on a Thursday night, July the 29th, 82. Got back home and... Uh, Went to a homecoming. Mom and Daddy, he's a pastor down there in the hills. Went to a homecoming down in Conasauga Baptist Church on the Conasauga River. And they got up and started singing when he reached down his hand for me. And I shouted in church for the first time. If you don't count the night I got in. And that's what they was singing when my first happy bubbles came popping to the surface. When the Savior reached down for me. 
I'm so glad that he come to Adam in that garden in the cool of the day. You've disobeyed and you've died and you don't even know what you've done to yourself. But he killed an animal and shed blood and made coats of skin. And Adam is that first state. And then the second state, there's Cain and Abel. And Adam gives, begats a Cain and Abel, and there's two natures. There's the flesh and the spirit. And a great conflict in the field. Can I get a witness right there? And that'll be your second stage. The old man will be trying to kill the new man. He'll hate him. He'll fight him. He'll confront him. Try to murder him. Cain and Abel. Going to walk through this quick, then walk through it again, and then cap it off. How's that for a homiletical plan? So Adam gets saved, and he begets a Cain and Abel. And Cain wants to do it his way, and Abel wants to do it God's way. And Cain wants to operate in religion, and Abel wants to operate in the blood. And that's the second state. And every young Christian in the building better understand, you hadn't even wrestled with sin until you got saved. Don't think you're not saved just because something you still wants to sin. You didn't even know it wanted to sin so bad until you did get saved. Cain don't hate Abel until that blood gets in the picture. And so, and then the third stage is old brother Noah. And God, when Abel dies, God takes Noah and picks him up out of the old world and through a baptism takes him to a new world. I need you to enjoy that better than you did. I hate to add 20 minutes preaching just because you didn't enjoy that so good. I tried again. God then takes a Noah and brings him out of, brings him from operating on the old cursed ground of Adam and through a death, burial, and resurrection, through a water baptism, through a baptism, brings him out into a new world where he lives under a rainbow. Now, Pastor, I need to expound this in a little bit because a lot of folks know this is when the, this ain't a fella getting saved. This is a fella changing worlds. <laughs> Through a death, burial, and resurrection. You can call it coming to the end of self. You can call it getting filled with the Holy Spirit. You can call it dying to self. You, I don't know. You, whatever it is, God does an operation and brings somebody. Ain't you glad you ain't got to be a young, new Christian just fighting the flesh and the spirit all the time? You can get full of the Holy Ghost, enter into the operations of the cross, and come out in a new world. And live under a rainbow, a promise of mercy. What about that? And so, he's a regenerated man, a converted man, if you would. Adam gets saved. Them two natures begin to fight each other. I'm glad God can change the world you're living in without taking you to heaven. And bring you over into a new world. And then number four, Abraham begins to live by faith. And he takes off on a journey of faith. And he hears God. And he follows God. And he obeys God. And he surrenders to God. And he separates from her. And he goes with God. That's number four. Man, and this man begins to, after Noah comes out of the old world into a new world, then he begins to live by faith. By faith. And then Abraham begets an Isaac, and that Isaac is a surrendered son living in the land. 
This is where God wanted to take you. That, that picture of Christ. He wants you to look like Christ. That surrendered son who lives in the land under the blessings of God. What about that? That's where He wants you tonight. He wants to bring you to a place of rest. Faith will take you to that place of that sonship. Living in the land. Where God wants you to be. What God wants you to be. What about that? And then a lot of folks think it stops right there, but Isaac begets at Jacob. And Jacob represents service. He goes into a far land to win brides and flocks and bring them back to the homeland. Amen. 20 years he goes and he labors. And what did he say? Labored seven years for Leah. And out of the love he had for her, it was just seemed like a few more days to labor for Rachel. Right. Them arranged marriages, that was a real doozy, wasn't it? <laughs> and them veils was a little too thick. Man didn't know who he married. <laughs> I ain't sure how all that worked. Somewhere in I do and you can kiss the bride. I'd have figured it out before the next day. <laughs> Don't know how it worked, but he... Whew! I'm glad you can at least eyeball him walking down the aisle. Now, is that the right one? <laughs> yeah, that's her. <laughs> Not you, ma'am. Sorry. She walked in the door right the God bless you. We're not going to say anything about Leah or Rachel either. One of them was tender-eyed. And that ain't the one he loved. Tender-eyed must be the way of saying she had a nice personality. Jacob went to serve. And isn't that where faith will take you to the place of rest and sonship right where God wants you? And then you're ready to go serve. Serve the, the same thing we serve for brides and for flocks. Saints and sinners. Church and the field. This would be the bride and out there would be a field. Oh, mercy. What about that? Service. That's number six. And then that takes you finally to Joseph. Suffering. And finally glory. Suffering. And glory. Aren't you glad God lets you come through all six before he, before he puts you in prison and puts you in there with Potiphar's wife lying on you? And, and suffering. Joseph. Betrayed by his brethren and sold into slavery and lied on and framed. A convicted rapist. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Didn't believe the report on him. Oh, and there he was between two, two thieves and two criminals. Well, now, let, now, let's, now let's go through it the second time. That means we're one-third way through the sermon. How y'all feeling about that? Yeah, carnal bunch of hypocrites. Oh. Adam! Let's see if you can identify. Adam is an old wicked sinner that gets saved. That turns into a conflict between the Cain and Abel. 
the old man and the new man. And then God can take you and through them death waters bring you out into a new world. Oh, it's the same world. He just changes it. <laughs> Woo! I'm so, oh, listen, I'm so glad He changed my world one day. Came through them operations of the cross and the, by the power of God. And when I talk about baptism, we got to be careful because the charismatics got it all twisted up into some weird thing. They don't know what they're talking about. But honey, listen, there is a second work of grace. There is a further work of grace. God can take you in that conflict between the flesh and the spirit and bring you into the power of the cross, a death, burial, and resurrection until you can live in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now, when I say a second work of grace, don't you be confused about that. That's not getting saved again. That's not getting... That's not getting something you didn't get to begin with. That's just God taking you further. That's God taking you in. That's God taking you on. Moses came up to that Red Sea. That was the first baptism. And then but later, Joshua faced the Jordan River. And another baptism was required to take them on in. And all that means is, is God will take you from glory to glory, from stage to stage. And I'm glad He can fill you with the Holy Ghost and bring you into the work of the cross and let you live on resurrection ground. Change your world. Done that for me that night, July the 29th, 1982. Filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I came out, oh, listen, operating in a different power, operating on a different plane. And begun to live by faith. That's number four. And Abraham lives by faith. And he follows God. And he listens to God. And he obeys God. And faith will take an Isaac up on the Genesis 22. Faith will take an Isaac up on Mount Moriah and sacrifice him to God. Faith will cast out Ishmael. Faith will offer up Isaac. Faith will go all the way with God. And then faith delivers you over into sonship. That son resting in the land. Not very many people get to that point where they've gone with God. As a matter of fact, most people are so shallow and so carnal in the age we live. They don't ever get past phase two. I preach across the country and I watch pastors. And pastors are weary to the bone because all they have out there is Cain and Abel's. They don't have anybody that's been filled with the Holy Ghost and they're saved and living in a new world. Living in a new world with the power of God on their life. Pastors are weary to the bone. They've, they've come to the place where they've stepped out by faith and went with God, but they're wrestling with a church who don't know anything about God taking them over into a new world and living by faith. Operating by faith. And that faith will... And that faith will carry you to that area of sonship where Isaac is resting in the land, resting in the promise, digging wells, digging wells. And he wouldn't fight anybody. He wouldn't fight anybody. There are fights back there in that faith. Faith Abraham fought some battles, but Abraham, Isaac sits over there and he's just digging wells. And somebody gives him trouble, he just moves down the road and digs another well. He's a well digger. And then he goes on. And that son resting in the land, that's the man who's ready 
now to go do a work for God. You know, I've seen a lot of our independent fundamental Baptist churches take somebody from phase one and stick them right in phase six. You're saved. Adam got saved. Now, get your hair cut and put on a modest piece of clothing, and now you're at six. You're a worker in the church. Build the church, work hard, and get in there and serve the Lord. Woo! I don't know. Jumping from phase one to phase six might not be too smart. I don't believe it. I don't believe it's too smart to put somebody out to work in fields and flocks and, and working for the bride and working for the sheep who hadn't come and don't even know how to deal with the Cain and Abel fight. We love to take them in our Baptist churches. You get saved in stage one and boom, put you in stage six. And can I stop and say, I'm so glad God doesn't save you in stage one and immediately put you in stage seven. That's suffering. That's suffering. Where you're betrayed. Where you're for, nothing hurts worse than your brother turning on you. Nothing hurts worse than your brother turning on you. His brethren hated him, Jesus and Joseph. I'm so glad God brings you through some things before you get down there to the Joseph part. I'm glad you get the power of God on your life and go through a death, burial, and resurrection in stage three so you can be ready for to be buried and killed in stage seven. You better get used to dying. He's fair. You better get used to death. You better get used to death. Cain trying to kill Abel and God let Abel get killed. He put no, he killed everything in Noah's world. He killed, God killed everything in Noah's world except the eight people. He killed his whole world. You're going to go with God. You better get ready. You better get used to death. Abraham, he said, bring thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Let's take him up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him there for a burnt offering. You better get used to things dying around you. Because I got news for you. God's, God's trying to kill you. You happen to be your own biggest problem. God got a way of dealing with that. Just kill you. Remove you. He said, oh, are you dead? Several times. <laughs> Amen. And I'm so glad that he'll resurrect you. God put Noah in, God killed everything in Noah's world and had him shut up in that ark. And if you're going to come out in the new world and live in the power of God, that stage three, that, that converted man who leaves the old world behind and lives in a new world, you want to talk about having a nervous breakdown trying to pastor people who still live in the old world. People who love the old world. Living in the old world. Y'all want to get into specifics? This is where it hurts my love offering. <laughs> but it's the best part of preaching. You know what it is. Skin and hide. I mean, that's just that's a hobby of a good preacher. I'm afraid some of you ain't going to enjoy heaven. They, there ain't no movie theaters over there. There ain't no NASCAR races over there. There ain't no... I don't even know what to preach. I don't even know what's wrong anymore. <laughs> Golf tournament, is that wrong? I don't know. There ain't no country music concerts in heaven. 
There ain't no sin over there. There ain't no heathenism over there. There ain't no wicked world over there. God will take that Noah, kill everything in his world, lock him up in that three-level ark of salvation. <laughs> one door in, one door out. Lock him up in there for a space and a season, a time and a season. And when he finally lets him out, everything in the old world is dead. But everything is new and under a rainbow. And that's the man who can then strike out on faith. Let me say a little something right here about some of these stages. I'm going to say three things about them. I want to say, number one, God loves you at each stage. I want to say number two, there's a bad seed in every stage. And I want to say number three, these stages are, are transit. They're not progressive. You don't go from one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five, five, six, six, seven, and never see an old stage again. Just because you're in stage six don't mean uh, you wake up tomorrow and be dealing with stage two. An old preacher from North Carolina, a man I asked to be my mentor. He said, these stages, son, because it's sitting there when I preached this. And I got done preaching just a month ago, and he said, one thing about them seven stages, it's like the game of golf. Just because you're conditioned for a stage don't mean you operate there the whole time. You see the world's best, Phil Mickelson, Ernie Ailes, you can't say the one name anymore. <laughs> Turned out he wasn't a tiger, he was a cheetah. <laughs> Sorry, boss. How many of you fellas golf? Raise your right hand. These two. Ain't nobody else in the building going to get this illustration. Well, if you ever flip on the golf channel and see the best in the world who've been playing since they were two months old and watch them tee up, playing every day their whole life, professional, get paid, and practice the day they're not playing. What? And hit in the trees in the creek. Number one makes me feel real good. <laughs> You're in there too. But that's something you never master. And that's why people love the game of golf. You can't master it. You play it your whole life never master it. And the old white-haired preacher from North Carolina said to me, he said, you can live your whole Christian life and wake up one day and hit one of the trees. He said, those stages are transit. I wasn't sure what that word meant when he said it. <laughs> Still ain't sure because I ain't looked it up. Figured y'all may know. But just because you're conditioned and you have been to a stage doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you take steps one through seven and then go to heaven. Oh, Cain and Abel's gonna rise up in you at the strangest times. 
And uh, you may be over there with Joseph in great suffering. And all of a sudden, God take you right back to number four and you start living by faith. And you're right back in the faith. Just a journey. Don't know where you're going, when you're going to get there, how you're going to get there. Now, the one thing you don't go back to is you can't go back to being a lost Adam. And you ain't got to go back ever to stage one and get saved again. It's not possible. These stages are transit. Y'all figure out what that word is. Give me a holler. But just because you're conditioned and you've been there, it doesn't mean it's as simple as one through seven and then you go to heaven. Oh, but you could be a son resting in the land. You may come all the way through stage seven, great suffering, followed by glory, and then God take you right back to a son resting in the land. Some of you nodding your head because you know that this is like the game of golf. Just because you've been there and done that don't mean you're not going to go back and do something else again. And... Uh, you ever see one of the best in the world and the hole's right there and it's that big and the ball's right there and, you, and it just misses it. <laughs> These stages are transit. God loves you at every stage. God loves you at every stage. That same white-haired preacher from North Carolina I asked to be my mentor, he said to me, he said, I got children now up in their 30s. And he said, I've watched them come through every stage nearly that life has. And he said, my love for them has never changed. When they were babies and I was changing their diapers, I loved them. Aren't you glad God will take us in the baby stage and change our old messy diapers? Hold us and suckle us and, and carry us. And he said, I love my youngins when they was learning how to walk and couldn't hardly walk. I loved them. He said, but I didn't love them no less the day that I walked them down the aisle to get married or the day they walked across that, that platform to graduate. He said, I've loved them at every stage. And some of you think that God can't love you until you apprehend and acquire a certain level. Brother Lawson, in my journeys with God's people, I found out Generally, there's two kinds of people. There's not very many people that's just got it right. There's either folk who don't give a rip what God thinks about anything. Just pretty tough, callous going on. You couldn't put them up. You could drop them over hell for an hour and they'd come back and wouldn't be under conviction. And then there's the opposite. People who love God so much and then they're, they're over-anxious and over-apprehensive and want to please God so much and, and they're so quick to shame and guilt and defeat and depression and can't ever get it right and can't be good enough and, and they care. I don't know if you can care too much, but it ain't that they care too much. It's that you don't understand God's love for you. He didn't love you because you done good. I don't love my youngins back there because they're good. I love them because they're mine. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And I swan sometimes when they're bad, I love them more. When I had to get down and deal with them and a little discipline 
and a little talk, my heart gets more tender and beats a little harder when I'm loving them and dealing with them. Somebody said the husbandman is never so near the vine as when he's pruning it. And when God's taking you and cutting on you and working on you and killing everything in your world, you're never so close. He's holding you. And he's touching you. And he's working on you. And he's studying you. He's never so near as when he's pruning you. He loves you at every stage. Me and Jennifer get to see a lot of funny things going to y'all's churches. Because <laughs> y'all are funny. Brother Lawson, we down in Blackshear, Georgia. Pastor's about 87. Youngest member was 74. I, I was in my early 30s. Me and Jennifer felt like little babies. We just felt like little kitty witties in there. And this old couple in the church said, we're bringing our baby tomorrow. Can't wait for you to meet our baby. And the baby was 69. <laughs> what does that make? Every night after church. This had nothing to do with the sermon. It's just funny. Every night after church, we all went to McDonald's and ordered a small cup of decaf coffee and then didn't drink it. Everybody just sat there. It was the thing to do when you're 87. You go to McDonald's, order a small cup of decaf coffee and don't drink it. I watched them. They let them drink it. They wouldn't drink it. Yes. Yeah. And then none of them could hear what the other one was saying. It was great. And then they all of them said whatever they wanted to say. It was pretty free with their thoughts and words. Said they wanted to. Nobody else heard them. They heard themselves. That's all that mattered. We went down there every night. Me and Jennifer get tickled. Just laugh out loud sitting there with them. I ordered a small cup of decaf and wouldn't have pretended to drink it. Just I wanted to feel like them. Just sit there. Just say that. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, sir. <laughs> Same response, no matter what you said or didn't say. But I'll never forget that. That sweet old lady said, I'm bringing my baby tomorrow. I was looking for a baby. 69-year-old man with his back out in the oxygen tank and a cane. She said, that's my baby. And you know what? That's her baby. He loves us at every stage. Some of y'all got a spirit of guilt. You got the chains of shame and depression and guilt. You're trying to please God. You're trying to get God to like you. You're trying to get God to love you. You may not be a legalist in theory, but you're a legalist in your operation. You're trying to impress God and trying to make God like you by your good works. Good news for you. He ain't never loved you because of what you've done. He loved you because of what you are. You're his child.
And I've been across the country enough to watch these mamas pray. I'm thinking now of a young couple. Actually, their son is young. He's 38. They're in their, they're in their 50s, early 60s. And every time I preach, they just weep, Brother Lawson. They're down in Georgia. Live about 45 miles from Atlanta. And they weep. And they're not having a good time. They got a 38-year-old son that went homosexual and went into the drug community and went down to Atlanta and lives down there in the worst of conditions. And they sit there 45 minutes away and can't do a thing about it except weep. And I watched them love him like he is. And know that if we then, being evil, know how to be good to our children, how much more? He loves you no matter what stage you're in. Just because you've been in an advanced stage don't mean you won't be back in an early stage. He loves you at every stage. And I want to say the last thing tonight. You're going to deal with that. You're going to deal with that old nature the whole way to glory. Brother Lawson, you help me with this study now. I found out something. Studying Isaac. Because I started studying Ishmael and Isaac. Y'all seen that. And we've all heard it preached on, especially the Jews and the Arabs of what's going on with Israel. We've all heard that preached on. Ishmael! Born out of the flesh. Isaac! Born out of faith. And we've heard it preached on. Cast out your Ishmael. Whatever was born in the flesh, got to be getting rid of. And whatever's born in faith, you, God blesses. And so we've heard that. But do you know Isaac had good seed and bad seed? He had a Jacob and an Esau. Did you know that Noah, oh yeah, that man full of the Holy Ghost living in a new world. Guess what's the first thing happened in the new world? He had a Shem, that spiritual seed. He had a Japheth, that blessed seed. But he had a ham. Boy, that thing struck me, Brother Lawson. I preached on Ishmael and Isaac, old nature, new nature. I preached on Cain and Abel. Boy, I didn't see that every one of them patriarchs down through there, even old Joseph. He had a boy named Manasseh didn't want to get on the right side of Jordan. Even the suffering saint that's been through all of this and got the, the promises and the prophet, even that saint still produces a Manasseh. I don't care who you are, child of God, there's something in you. That old nature you're going to deal with till you get the glory. And he produced a Manasseh, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Manasseh didn't want to get on the right side of Jordan. Even that, and folks, I'm not boasting. I think y'all have been there too. Most of us, you've been saved for some time. God will bring you through all seven. Now, I still hit it in the trees. I still miss short putts. But I found even 
I'll move on down. So. <laughs> I found even, Brother Lawson, in those times of suffering, Joseph was almost a perfect picture of Christ. There was still something in me that wanted to go back to the other side of Jordan. Part of me didn't want to live right where I was supposed to live. Adam produced a Cain and Abel. Abraham produced an Isaac and an Ishmael. Isaac produced an Esau as well as a Jacob. Jacob had them twelve. He had all them sons that hated the good son, Joseph. He had a Reuben and Simeon, instruments of cruelty, and he had them boys. Oh, he had a Joseph. Jacob produced a Joseph, but he also produced some boys that was trying to kill Joseph. And even Joseph. Oh, he had Ephraim, but he had a Manasseh. That amazed me that the entire journey we're going to deal with the old nature. That's encouraging to know because it explains what's going on. I'm not actually losing my mind. There's an old man. And there's an old part of that old nature that no matter what stage you're in, you're going to produce a bad seed even right along with your good seed. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me. That ought to encourage you that God knows that. It ought to help you deal with it when you know it. Now I need to say this. You're not supposed to let the old man have his way. Let's get a witness right there. Yield to that new man. Put your blessing on Abel, not on Cain. Put your blessing on Isaac, not on Ishmael. Put your blessing on Shem, not on Ham. Put your blessing on Joseph, not on them older brothers trying to kill him. Put your blessing on Ephraim, not on Manasseh. That just amazed me to find, find that in the Scriptures and to let me know that my entire journey I've got to live in Romans 7 as well as Romans 8. Brother Lawson, it really did something for me to find out that Paul had been saved 25 years when he wrote Romans 7. He said, how to perform that which is good, I find not. I end up doing what I'm against. And what I'm for, I don't, I, I don't end up doing. Oh, wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Amen. I got news for y'all. One of these days on that glad getting up morning, we're going to say <laughs> goodbye. I like the way your young man leads the saint. I ain't sure it's technically correct. It may be. It just got that one fifth. In it. <laughs> Is that how you preach too, Brother Lawson? Just pound it in, that one. That's how the boy leads singing. Same beat every song. <laughs> Same fifth. Now, I raised up. We had sideways motion with that. We, I mean, we, we let ours go side to the road. You're going to just... just. <laughs> He don't ever stop you. Mm -hmm. He don't ever start you. Mm -hmm. He just play. I 
I like it. I like it. That's what's in his spirit. Sing it for God. Sing it on purpose. That's better than some of these places. I got a little. I know a bunch of them little funny boys. Ministers of music. I'm going to send them over here. There's a man down there, pile driving a jackhammer. Go sing. Sing. I like it. Now maybe he just don't want y'all to think just because he's a song leader, he ain't no minister of music. I like it. You've been watching him all day and you're singing that song a while ago. There is coming a day. Woo! We just having happy bubbles over here, preacher. I, <laughs> I seen the little sweet sister on the organ. Actually, I just saw both hands. I saw, <laughs> I saw both hands come up. Woo! She sent a happy bubble all the way over here. Popped right over my head and got on this little, these crazy people on the end. <laughs> Hallelujah. We just having happy bubbles over here. You a young man. You should have run. <laughs> Granny's got both hands in the air. Young men are supposed to run and do something. I'll put the song later on you, son. Shut! Sing! He's a singing that song a while ago. There's coming a day. Hurt my arm, preacher. I'm a preacher. I don't hammer. I'm a preacher. Singing that song, there's coming a day. Happy bubble started floating. That thing dawned on me. That's the day. I'll be rid of that bad seed. I'll see it no more. I'll soon be done with sin. Satan, sorrow, strife, sickness, soon be done. We're going to live with that old man till then. We're going to live with this old world till then. Oh, but I'm glad there's grace. All these men live by faith. You see them in Hebrews 11. They, they just trusted and obeyed God. That's all they did. Trusted and obeyed God. We'll soon be done with sorrow and trouble. I was thinking when she had her hands up over here on the organ a while ago, I seen both them little old precious hands. Old preacher said this last year where I was in church. He said, The only thing you could ever do for mercy. He says, there's only one thing you can ever do to get mercy. And that's throw your hands up. <laughs> well, that's bigger to me than it is to y'all, but I liked it anyway. You think on that in a while. Next time you're in an old-fashioned church service and them hands are going up. <laughs> you can't deserve mercy or it wouldn't be mercy. The less you deserve it, the more mercy there is to it. 
The only thing you can ever do for mercy is to raise. Ain't that what to do when they surrender and don't want to be killed? <laughs> Come out with their hands up. I like to go to church where they come out with their hands up. I know I deserve to be killed. But I'm bowing before this king. Hallelujah. I hope that will benefit you in your Christian journey. Seeing those seven parts of the Christian life. That faith to take you into that rest. And that from that rest you can then go and labor and that service suffering's coming but you get out of your prison when God ready and he's going to set you on the throne that suffering followed by ultimate glory our heads are bound I want us all to stand with our heads bowed. I'm going to pray. They're coming to play a song and sing. I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. Our heads are bowed. While I'm a praying, there might be some folk. Might be some saved folk. Maybe the Holy Ghost has helped you understand something. Maybe He's helped, helped you clarify some things. Maybe he's revealed some things to you that's encouraged you in your journey. Maybe he showed you where your wrestling match is and showed you where you're at. Why don't you come and pray if the Lord's nudged your heart? Our Father, I'm so glad that you love us. That every, no matter where we're at, we're your children and you love us. And I'm glad, Lord, you gave us a Bible to show us where we're at and where we're going. Our Father, I thank you. I thank you for your blessings upon us. Now, Lord, strengthen your people and bless your people. And we love you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Go ahead and play. Several have come to the altar. I'd just be good Christians to gather around this altar and have a little prayer. Ask the Lord for strength and ask him for direction.